This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. Murray quarterback run to the left. He's at the 20, to the 15, to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. And then there was one, as in one preseason game remaining before week one. That is always a good feeling. An even better feeling, Kyle, however, will be one week from right now when there are no more preseason games and we can start to really dissect and look ahead to that week one matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. By then, there'll be a week and a half left to go, but there is a brief light at the end of this very long tunnel. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny how it changes. Like you so excited for football again. Training camp started. You're so fired up for the first preseason game, and then it's just you cannot wait for it to get over. As a player... Um, you know, it was kind of the same feeling. Uh, you know, it was obviously a grind in training camp, but I just could not wait. Obviously, you hate to see um, players you've played with, players you sweated with and worked. You hate to see them walk out the door. Um, cut day is a rough day for everybody in the organization. Um, but you're excited to find out the guys you're going to move forward with. Um, and I, that day is coming. It's coming soon. Um, and, you know, it's, again, um you know, I, I really look forward and, and look at the value of, of the way preseason has has evolved. Um, there is a lot of, you know, young players really making a name for themselves. Some kids, some guys are, are stepping up, giving themselves an opportunity not only to make this squad, but um, if they don't uh, remain on this roster, hopefully they'll end up somewhere else. And this is a very busy day for the Arizona Cardinals. You mentioned roster cuts. The team needs to get down to 80 players by 1 p.m., so that is going on. Plus, the team is heading to Nashville for one joint practice with the Tennessee Titans, which we will get into a little bit later on here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seats. Plus, there was a practice earlier on Tuesday. Very humid out there as the team has relocated from State Farm Stadium to here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. And good to see a number of players back at practice, still missing quite a few, specifically along the offensive line. And that leads us to the news of the day. It happened on Monday. The Cardinals announced that they had acquired offensive lineman Cody Ford, the former Buffalo Bills second round pick. The Cardinals giving the Bills a fifth round selection in the 2023 NFL draft and yes Cody Ford the former Oklahoma Sooner yes former teammates with Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown but we learned on Tuesday Kyle that not only was it a depth move but there is a number of offensive linemen banged up Will Hernandez dealing with an ankle Marquise Hayes a knee it's going to be a week or two before he returns according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury Danny Isadora is going to miss a few more weeks just Justin Pugh was not at practice on Tuesday dealing with the stinger. So all of a sudden, here comes Cody Ford, that trade pending a passing of the physical. And all of a sudden, yeah, it is depth, but 
right now, it's a need because do you dare put him out there this Saturday for that final preseason game? Because right now there's a limited number of offensive linemen. You need at least five, and the team only dressed seven on Sunday against the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you could tell in the game um, against the Ravens, um, you know, they were missing guys, and it was it was rough for the five. They were moving spots just to kind of fill roles. They they just didn't have enough bodies. You know, you can there's a lot you can read into transactions. Sometimes you can read between the lines, and it it signals something more than just a simple transaction. Um, you know, at this point in the preseason, uh, sometimes a guy is just. Brought in, um, I hate this phrase, but as a camp body, um, this last preseason game, like you said, we need more offensive linemen to get through a preseason game. However, um, you know, this is a former second round pick, and the fact that the Cardinals were willing to give up a fifth rounder, um, it, it shows that they see the value there. And this is also somebody who has experience at both guard and tackle, which provides tremendous value to a team throughout a season. Um, and has 29 starts, so he's, he's got a lot of experience as well. 25 years old, he'll turn 26 in December. 38 games over the past three seasons with the Buffalo Bills. It just seemed like maybe both sides needed to go in opposite directions, and you look at now Cody Ford as an interior lineman, specifically at guard, Justin Pugh, under contract for this season, but a free agent at season's end. Will Hernandez, a free agent at season's end. So potentially, once again, Will Hernandez, not up there in age. I believe he's 26 years old. So if something pans out for Will Hernandez this season, maybe you got your solution at right guard. Cody Ford, you see what is he still has left in the tank, still very long, young, but potentially now you're looking at this season and next season and years beyond because that's what front offices have to do. It's the now and it's also later on. Yeah, and I'm you have to think that this is also looking back. I'm sure the Cardinals had him high on their draft board, um somebody that they they've always kept an eye on that um, if the opportunity arose um, to bring him in, they'd still be interested. And um, he was highly, highly regarded uh, when he was coming out in the draft. Um, he's known for being a, a physical offensive lineman. Um, he's a real asset in the run game. And it's, you know, that's something that the Cardinals have been continually trying to improve at is being physical and being able to move people off the line of scrimmage in the run game. Well, there was video that the Arizona Cardinals social media team reposted on Monday of that draft night in 2019. Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick, and he's he's making his way out to shake the hands of Commissioner Roger Goodell. He passes Hollywood Brown. He passes Cody Ford. Now all three are together again with the Arizona Cardinals. Another video that resurfaced on Monday after the trade is Kyler Murray and Cody Ford meeting on the field after the Hale Murray as NFL Films and Inside the NFL tells us. Who's on call for? I just never felt like we was gonna lose. I ain't gonna count. No, nah, y'all, we was, we can't play. Like, y'all supposed to lose. No, we were not. No, we were not. No. Bro, we should have beat y'all. We kicked three field goals. Exactly. We should have been up. Y'all threw, y'all threw two interceptions. Y'all had, y'all had an interception. Let's be real. Who do y'all think should have won the game? We should have won. Come on, baby. We should have won. Come on, baby. We should have won. Look, we should have won. Good friends, now teammates here with the Arizona Cardinals flashing back to that memorable game at State Farm Stadium. At that time, Cody Ford was not playing, but uh, Kyler Murray certainly with one of the highlights and 
one of the big highlights for him early on in his career. So when and if we will see Cody Ford in a Cardinals uniform, is it this week or maybe later on in week one? But the Cardinals do have one more preseason game. Their most recent action on the field came Sunday nights against the Baltimore Ravens. 24-17, the final got close late in the game. Two fourth-quarter touchdowns pulled the Cardinals to within one score. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury postgame. You know, we'd like to play better. The the turnovers, anytime you lose the turnover margin 2-0, not great. Too many missed tackles, but um, I liked how the guys played at the end and, and found a way to come back and keep us in it. Not nearly as clean as the opener against the Cincinnati Bengals. Still five penalties, but it just wasn't as crisp. And then something that you pointed out on Cardinal Talk Sunday, Kyle, is this the line of scrimmage. The offensive line, defensive line of the Cardinals did not dictate as they had the week earlier. Yeah, that was the big takeaway from the game. Um, you know, I was really impressed with how well both offensive line and defensive line played and, and honestly physically dominated the Cincinnati Bengals in the preseason opener. And it was a different story. Um, you, you know, when I go back and watch, one of the things I like to do is just kind of zoom out and just look at the line of scrimmage. And um, it was different from week one to week two. I'm sure it's something they're talking about. I mean, um, you know, consistency in this league uh, is one of your best assets. And two, you you can't be a physical team one week and then get out physical the next week. So I'm sure it's something they talked about in meetings um, and something that they're going to address. And, and honestly, it's, it's, you know, if there's a takeaway, it's, you know, sometimes you say, well, some of these guys won't be here in a couple of weeks. It's, you know, we're, we're going forward with different players. But it does make you take an examination about how you're doing things, what the approach was like. Is there anything we can adjust? Because it's, it's in these players. They've done it. They did it the week before. Um, it just wasn't quite the same in week two. 24-3 to at the end of the third quarter. Kyler Murray took over play calling for those final three offensive series, and two of those drives ended in touchdowns. So, yeah, that certainly got a lot of buzz, a lot of national attention, but we've now seen Kyler Murray put on the headset, pick up the play sheet, now twice here in the preseason. Kingsbury explains why. For him to see it from that perspective, the macro perspective, and understand from that um, view the coverages and the protections and where the back has to go. Um, and then I really like him talking to Trace and giving him tips and then you know him and Colt talking about plays. I mean, it's, there's a leadership aspect as well. So it was fun to watch them um, interact. It's new. It's different. That's why it's captured a lot of people's attention. But then you think, okay, what's the benefit as you hear the head coach explain it? And then you wonder why other teams haven't done this with their own young quarterbacks as far as seeing it from a different side on the sideline and then familiarize themselves with that play sheet to where maybe they can go out there on the field. And now if they see something, they're quicker to make that adjustments and that check at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, the my favorite tweet that I read yesterday, the tweet of the day was um, Kyle Odegaard said Kyler's casually becoming the first player slash coach slash GM in sports history with uh, the team still bringing back more of his former teammates. But um, you know, this is what a franchise quarterback looks like. I mean, it, it is kind of astounding that this has never been done before because I think it makes total sense. Um, but once you become that franchise quarterback, Kyler is not a quarterback running plays that the offensive coordinator calls. He now takes ownership. This is his offense. It is built around him. It runs through him. 
And you hear Coach Kingsbury talk about over and over about this open dialogue. He talks with Kyler about what plays he likes, what plays he doesn't like, what things he thinks will work. And this is just him seeing it from another perspective and him getting a firsthand view about, okay, I called this play in this situation. Maybe that wasn't the best idea, or I wish I would have called this instead. So, um, you know, it's, it's taking complete ownership of this offense. And the joy that we see Kyler have when plays are successful, something Kingsbury has noted. And the comparison is when you have a young son or young daughter perform, whether it's on the athletic field or in another aspect, my daughter does theater and you see them perform so well and it makes you feel good you get excited and happy for their success more so if it was you in their position yeah you're absolutely right and another comparison is you know now I do some coaching and not just coaching of my own sons but when I see a player that I coach I see what I'm doing getting through to him and see him have that type of success it's a different sort of happiness and pride that you have you feel like you know Instead of inward, everything is about me and what am I doing and how am I contributing to this team, you take ownership in other people's performance and their successes and you celebrate that with them as well. Are we going to see it this week against the Titans? I would expect so, perhaps in the fourth quarter. Now. That's the only way we'll see it is in the preseason. This is not going to happen <laughs> right. in the regular season. But to you know, but it goes back to Kyler, you know, on a drive, two minutes or whatever, gets the call and maybe sees that no, I'm going to check out of it, which a number of quarterbacks have done. And who's to say Kyler hasn't already done that before in the past, based off what he sees when he breaks the huddle? Yeah, and you're right. It, and not just a two minute drill. I mean, you see quarterbacks as they uh, mature and they've been in the system for a long time. Um, they can almost anticipate what the offensive coordinator is going to call. They sat in meetings all week. They've been through this. And now that you know, there's, there's such stability in this franchise between the coaching staff and the players, especially particularly with Coach Kingsbury and Kyler, they, he gets a feel for how things are going to go and what's going to be called. And sometimes he could probably just call the plays on his own. Cliff did mention earlier on Tuesday that Kyler has not said anything about his play calling success versus the head coach's success given the two touchdowns there late in Sunday's game. And when Cliff had the play sheet, well, there was only the field goal scored by the Cardinals in that 24-17 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Episode 37 of the Day Pass podcast featuring Buccaneers GM Jason Lyatt is available now. To catch up on past episodes, follow the Day Pass podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at HashPod. We teased it, the joint practice, one joint practice with the Titans. We'll discuss that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Kyle Vandenbosch. Yes. Yeah, he's down. Hit and drop by Kyle Vandenbosch. Vandenbosch got him at the goal line. Vandenbosch got him. Kyle Vandenbosch. He's down. You knew it was going to happen at some point this week. And we might not have heard the last Kyle Vandenbosch montage when he was with the Tennessee Titans. Mike Keith on the Titans Radio Network. Props to our producer, Jim Omohundra. By the way, Kyle, do you not have that montage on your phone when people call you that you have Mike Keith saying that? 
Yeah, that was actually my phone. That's my oh, ringtone. Oh, okay, the ringtone. I'm, I'm sorry. There we go. I forgot to silence my phone coming back from the break. That was the emphasis on sack. I mean, that's <laughs> you. You got to have that blaring on your phone. Your kids at home. You know, I, I would think you'd have that played. Round the clock. Yeah, I tell you what, between Dave Pash and Mike Keith, they're two of the best. I mean, there's only one Mike Keith. He's he's excellent. So Cardinals again on Tuesday as we broadcast here. The Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Siki, your ticket to great seats. Headed to Nashville later on this afternoon for what was scheduled to be joint practices on Wednesday and Thursday. And I've been very open on all of our platforms here with the Arizona Cardinals broadcast team and content team that I thought those were going to be the two most important days of work for the Arizona Cardinals in this run-up to the regular season. I still believe that. It's just not two days. It's one day, as head coach Cliff Kingsbury announced earlier on Tuesday or confirmed something that Mike Vrabel had mentioned on Monday, but it was Cliff's decision. He asked for only one joint practice based off of availability of players, injury concern, and I'm sure maybe in the back, uh, maybe both coaches' minds, Kyle, just the number of fights and legit fights that we have seen and heard about this entire preseason in these joint practices across the league. Yeah, specifically the Titans. They just went through joint practices last week with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and there was multiple fights. So um, it's not hard to imagine that uh, if if the Cardinals were a full go against the Titans, that fights would also occur in these practices. And I think you know at this point in training camp, it's the last thing that either one of these coaches want. Um, and, and I actually I, I love this. Um, I, I think what shows Cliff's maturity um, and how his approach is changing. A good coach adjusts to the situation. He's not pushing through, going through the two days as planned just because it's what they had talked about. Um, the team is banged up. The team is tired. Um, he's, they're going to still get good work against each other, but they've just adjusted it a little bit to protect his players and to ensure that this team is ready for week one. Something is better than nothing, and even with one day – Kingsbury believes it's important for the Cardinals in this joint practice against the Titans. We're banged up, obviously, but definitely want to see our um, first line of guys go against theirs and, and feel that speed from another team, and I think it'll be good work. And you hope that it is good work and that work is not limited by the extracurricular stuff. As we documented on Cardinal Talk, I want you to share here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report the one and only time you did a joint practice with the Tennessee Titans. The Rams came in and, well, things got a little out of hand. Yeah, the the night before the Rams came in, uh, Jeff Fisher told the team, he's like, look, we got to get some work. We don't want any fights in practice, um, but take crap from nobody. So, it was kind of a wink nod like, hey, we better step it up and, and defend our turf. And that's exactly how we took it. We talked about as players, nobody's coming in here and out physicaling us. And so first snap, there's a fight. They break it up. Second play, there's a fight. goes a little bit longer, involves more people. They break it up. Third play, there's a, there's a fight, um, multiple players. So the coaches just blow the whistle, stop practice, get everybody up. Um, basically just yelled at us for about 10 minutes and said, we've got to get some good work here. Um, let's get, go back to practice. We don't want any more fights. The next play fight. So they just stopped practice and we ended up just practicing on adjacent fields and, and didn't go against each other anymore. We did manage to go through three more practices against the Rams. And yeah, I told you this after the game, 
we were terrible. We were completely exhausted because we poured everything we had into those joint practices. We'll see what the Cardinals decide to do. There is good competition, and no one wants to get beat, something that Devon Kennard mentioned on Sunday after the Cardinals-Ravens game. Don't get caught slipping. <laughs> you, get, uh, you know, I always say joint practice is a different team. You don't know how hard they're going. I'd rather be going harder and, and be told to slow down than, than the other way around. So that's, that's why I'm going to tell the rookies, and that's how I'm approaching it. This will be a new experience for a lot of the Cardinal players. James Conner addressed the media on Tuesday. He's only been a part of one other joint practice. So some familiarity with what to expect. But, again, without knowing how – competitive as far as 11 on 11 seven on seven what i do think is important is that one-on-one individual wide receiver versus cornerbacks offensive line versus defensive line blitz protection pass protection and little things like that because as we've seen through four weeks at state farm stadium you kind of get uh you you kind of get a familiarity of what your teammate does on the other side of the line of scrimmage and you're getting tired of that white jersey on defense or that red jersey on offense and it will be good to get a different color out there on Wednesday. No, you're exactly right. And, you know, in training camp, um, you get used to, so like when I was the with the Lions, I always pass rushed in one-on-ones against Jeff Backus. He figured out what I did well. I figured out what he did well. I figured out um, – how I could beat him. He figured out how he could block me. And it's basically at some point throughout the season, you're banging your head against the wall because you're pass rushing the same guy over and over and over. You're not developing your game. You're not improving. And it's the same thing with wide receivers and DBs. It's the same thing with offensive line, defensive line. You just get used to guys. You know their tendencies. You know their strengths and weaknesses. And it's good to go against a new face. And you know one of the things I like is for the majority of last season this is the best team in the AFC against the best team in the NFC and so this is a talented roster you're not going to be pass rushing or working against um, you know somebody that's that's not a good player both teams have a lot of talent up and down their roster and so you're able to get some good work against some of the best how much do you think maybe on the Titans side is discussing week one of 2021 the 38 to 13 beat down the Cardinals gave the Titans, which was a surprise to everyone to begin the regular season. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're talking about it. Um, if you ask them, other than their playoff loss, that was probably their biggest embarrassment of the season. Uh, game opener at home, or season opener, I'm sorry, at home. Everybody's excited. This Tennessee Titans team had really high expectations, and they fulfilled that for the most part for the rest of the season. Um, but they got embarrassed for the most part. I mean, really every facet of the game, offensively, defensively, and special teams, the Cardinals were more prepared. They were more physical. They showed more playmaking ability. So I'm sure they haven't forgot that game. Cardinals leaving today. The game on Saturday, 4 o'clock, 12.30 p.m. Pre-game coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. One joint practice on Wednesday, then more of a – walkthrough on Thursday and Friday. Kingsbury, though, did acknowledge that this they are treating this not so much like a road trip, but there are going to be some, as he just called them, some team events, whether that's around town. Certainly, we know Nash Vegas, but this is a good way to know your teammates, get that bonding, the camaraderie ahead of the regular season. Yeah, and that's another thing at this point in training camp teams do. You'll hear teams going on a bowling outing or teams... Uh, when we were in Tennessee, 
Coach Fisher, we were supposed to have practice. The buses pulled up. Um, we all got on, not knowing where we were going. We went to some lake, and everybody went fishing for the afternoon. And it was it's great. Um, you know, everything is so dialed in and focused, and it's all football, football, football. And at this point, um, it, you know, obviously you can practice football all day long, every day, and you can always get better. But at this point, guys, they just need a break. You know, they need a little bit of relief, and hopefully – um, you know, the guys will get there, they'll get their good work in, but they'll spend some of those uh, bonding opportunities and get to know each other and, and come closer as a team. I wonder if one of those bonding opportunities might have to deal with Blake Shelton, Gwen Stefani. That was a question asked to the head coach earlier on Tuesday. Does he expect Cardinal fan and big country Nashville star Blake Shelton to make an appearance either at the game or one of these practices uh, it might um i i just wouldn't encourage a guy to go uh stay on broadway there's there's plenty of places to get yourself into trouble on broadway <laughs> some advice from kyle vandenbosch here on the cardinals red sea report presented by siki your ticket to great seats we have hit halftime here on this week's show when we come back we look back at that game against the baltimore ravens who stood out and maybe what still needs to happen Plus, a number of players banged up. So, yeah, wondering who's going to be available for this Saturday preseason finale. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Third and two on the 26. McSorley to throw. Wide open on the far side. He's got a man. It's caught at the 30. It's Ward out of the backfield of the 40. He's across midfield and finally brought down far side at the 47-yard line. So that's a gain of 27 yards for Jonathan Ward on third down. A great job right there. I see you, Jay Ward. He just keeps getting better and better since the moment he stepped foot in this locker room. I mean, he, he really earned his way through special teams. And then as a back, the receiving aspect of it has really gotten gotten good. I mean, he can run routes like a receiver now. And so that's, that's a credit to him and his work ethic. One of the many players, one of the many young players on this team that you have seen grow up right before your eyes. As you heard head coach Cliff Kingsbury there talk about Jonathan Ward from special teams ace to now getting more work when the running back as far as being able to catch the ball out of the backfield and run between the tackles. He has certainly looked good through the first two games of the preseason. As we say, welcome back here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Siki, your ticket to great seats. Craig Riolu and Kyle Vandenbosch. One negative, though, is Jonathan Ward hurt his shoulder in that game on Sunday. Not considered serious. He was not at practice, at least during the open portion. Maybe not available this week against the Titans, but someone, when we talk about the running back position, Kyle, now you've got five on the roster. You're probably not going to keep five. Who is the odd man out? And the more you can do, and Jonathan Ward can certainly do a lot more. Yeah, you're right, and he he's shown it. Um, it's not you know based on last year. He's he looks like he's even improved. Um, he he runs hard. Yeah, he catches the ball well out of the backfield, like you said. Had a big catch in the game, um, and you know he's a special teams ace. So you know I, I think he checks every box that for a guy um, who might be a little bit further down the depth chart, but a, a guy that you can count on and a guy that's versatile and a guy that adds value not just 
um, on the offense, but also on special teams. Another player who certainly has done more than just flash on offense, Andy Isabella. Nine catches through two games. He leads the team in receptions and receiving yards. And you just wonder about his position on this team as far as where he stands in that wide receiver room. Before we discuss that, how about we hear from the head coach on Andy Isabella? I couldn't be more impressed with the way he's attacked this camp. I mean, he's practiced every single day, doesn't miss a rep, you know, can play inside, outside, and he continues to run by people out here in, in these preseason games and has had some huge pass interference calls and made some big catches on third down. So um, I got to give him a ton of credit for how he's worked, and we'll see how it all shakes out. One is his health. He's available. He was not always available last preseason. He missed some time with either injury or COVID. And now all of a sudden he is making plays. The question is with Isabella has always been, can you make those plays in a game? Well, the pushback would be, all right, well, give him the opportunity. And you just wonder about the opportunity here with the Cardinals, giving the number of wide receivers ahead of him on the depth chart. Yeah, and it's so good to see and and to listen to his perspective. Um, you know, he talks about how much he's grown, how hard he's worked. He took a good hard look at himself and in the things that he could improve on this off season. Look, um, you know, speaking personally and and from experience, everybody's got a different learning curve. Um, you know, just because you can run fast um, or or you have all of these. Um, you know, measurables does not necessarily translate to the football field always, and and it takes time. I mean, I wasn't even a good player in this league. I wasn't a consistent starter until year five, um, and he looks like he's turning that corner, and it's been a slow, gradual process, but um, I mean, just visually, you can see he looks different. He's he's playing the game with confidence. He's feels good about himself. Um, and, and honestly, I'm impressed with his, his attitude and, and his mental approach to the game. He said, um, you know, I, I'm going to be on a team. It might not be here. It might be too late here, but he, he knows that he's working for an opportunity to get a chance somewhere because, um, it, you know, it's unfortunate that his learning curve was, you know, gradual uh, for him because his opportunity, like you said, might not be here. And that's not a reflection of him. Um, it's a reflection of the depth and the talent at the wide receiver position on this roster. The one thing Isabella has that you cannot teach, it's said a lot, he has the speed. And how many times now, I believe it's twice, we have seen him draw that penalty on a DB, whether the ball is underthrown or it's going to be a big play and the DB's like, you know, we just can't have him catch the football. He has that speed, that breakaway speed that not a lot of wide receivers have now you have to be able to catch the ball as well it's not just about how fast you are but to your point he is going to be on a roster and my opinion is Kyle he is going to be on that 53-man roster for the Arizona Cardinals because you do not have DeAndre Hopkins for those first six games and if you keep six wide receivers Isabella becomes that fifth or sixth receiver yeah, you can never have too many fast guys on the football field. And again, um, he has shown his value. You know, this is what preseason is for uh, in 2022. It's for guys like uh, Andy Isabella um, to show their skills, to show their growth, to show their value to an offense. And, um, you know, I, I understand, um, you know, Greg Dorch has played well. Victor Bolden Jr. has played well. Jonte Kirkland had a great catch in the game. So there's talent all over this roster, but... 
um, it would be hard to think that um, you couldn't find a role for Andy Isabella in any offense. And because he's a former second-round draft pick, that's why there's this larger spotlight, much brighter spotlight on him where you are drafted. Much the same with Zayvon Collins. You're a first-round draft pick. There is an expectation, and he did not meet those expectations in year one. We hope to see it here in year two. He had one tackle, one tackle for loss, over 16 snaps on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. How did he look? Here's Cliff Kingsbury. He continues to, to improve. Uh, the game's definitely slowed down for him from, from last year. And when he fires and he's not thinking, you can see that you know athletic ability and that size really on display. And, and he just has to keep doing that. We watch him against the Bengals. We watched him against the Ravens. And what continues to stand out, Kyle, is the inability or the struggle to get off blocks. He'll engage and then be able to separate. You have to be able to do that. And too many times he's not been able to separate himself from that offensive lineman or if it's a running back to get the ball carrier. Yeah, I think so. There's two things that I think he needs to continue to improve on, um, and that's one of them. Yeah, taking on engaging blockers and getting off of blockers. Just because you're in your gap um, and you're playing the block, uh, it's not necessarily doing your job. You know, good linebackers, um, you know, they get blocked, but they don't stay blocked. And, and at times, um, he has a hard time separating from blockers. Um, the second thing is just, uh, and you know, if you read between the lines of what Coach Kingsbury was saying. Um, he said when he fires and he's not thinking, he's able to show his ability. Um, at times, it looks like he's looking at too much. You know, you got to make the main thing the main thing. Um, but then when the ball declares and, and you recognize what's happening, he's just got to be able to react and shoot his gun. And that only comes from experience. No matter how much tape you watch, no matter how many reps you get in practice, no, how, no matter how many walkthroughs you do, those things don't improve until you see it live and you're able to react so much quicker because the the NFL game you know it, it is so fast but but game day speed is different than any other speed you ever see and he needs to continue to get those reps um, now I realize uh, again because of his draft position and his value and the hopes and the expectations of of his ascent this year um, you know, you might not want to play him in this third preseason game, but he does need to continue to get live reps so that he can react much quicker. For me, where I've seen the biggest improvement in Zavin is his ability to cover, whether it's the running back or the tight end in space. And we know he's got the athleticism, the size and speed to do that. It just seems when things are closer to the line of scrimmage, when there's more bodies around him, that's when his struggles and you go back to the quote unquote bad habits, if you will, and getting lost in the shuffle and he gets locked up with the player and then cannot disengage and get to the play. And that's just to your point, more reps, more game experience. Yet it's difficult because you're a first round draft pick and people expect that yesterday, not in the future. Yeah, and it's you know it's dependent on role. So like Isaiah Simmons now has been moved into a position where they want him in space, they want him out there. And, and like you said, um, Zayvon Collins looks like he does well in space, covering backs out of the backfield, covering a tight end that's trying to leak out into the flat uh, because of his athleticism. But he needs to um, you know get better at playing in the phone booth because if if this defense and we saw this over and over and over and over last year, if this defense cannot stop the run in between the tackles 
that is a huge liability, and it will cost this team games. And it, it reared its ugly head many times last off season where or last season where we'd be talking about a game and we'd say, yeah, the defense played really well except their run defense. And um, a big part of that falls on the interior defensive line, but it, uh, you know that's also on his shoulders. I think more people would have hoped to have had the stat line for Zayvon Collins that Chandler Wooten had. Six tackles, two tackles for loss, an interception pass defense. Now, Wooten's going against third string, but a former first-round draft pick going up against backups, you'd expect more of an impact. And I don't think we've seen enough of an impact out of Zayvon Collins in these two preseason games. Yeah, you don't see the flash play, but you're not also not seeing the common play. Like, oh man, he's, he stuffed that fullback in the A-gap and, and was able to, to bottle everything up. You know, you're not really either seeing consistency on either of those. Arizona Cardinals single game tickets are available now. Visit azcardinals.com slash tickets for more information. When we come back here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. We'll set the stage for the preseason finale in Tennessee. That's straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You know, the people at Jack were worried to see if Woofley was coming back today to see if he was going to eat him out of house and home. <laughs> now, that, now, Adrian, that was just egregious and gratuitous, wasn't it? Now? Woofley is really taking advantage of this whole thing. <laughs> when yes. in Rome, you know, uh, you act like a Roman. Yeah. When in Nashville, go on down and get you some barbecue. <laughs> Not only did he order the combo plate, which might as well have been the family platter, he then got a side of the pulled pork. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this guy is a definition of Garbage disposal. I mean, he sees everything inside. So, Ron Wolfley is spending four nights in Nashville, Kyle. Again, the team leaves Tuesday. The game is on Saturday. So, you got Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley, Paul Calvisi, the entire crew. But, Ron Wolfley specifically, as that was a flashback to. The Big Red Rage with Adrian Wilson. This is, by the way, the second time the Cardinals and Titans have held a joint preseason practice. Last time was in 2010. So, Ron Wolfley, advice? Do you need to make a phone call or call people to warn them that Wolf is on his way to Nashville? Well, there's at least 50 different barbecue joints. He'll probably only be able to hit half that, 25-ish. Um, but I'm told Wolfley's prepared. He, he packed a suitcase of just wet naps. For all the barbecue he's going to eat. I wonder if they need the uh, dry ice, if he brought any of that, so he can bring, bring some, some leftovers back, back for the rest of us. Probably, no, I don't think he likes to share. <laughs> that is true. But there is work to be done, Ron Wolfley. In fact, he will be on the television broadcast on Saturday. He and Dave Pash with Danny Sarek on the sideline. Calvisi, Andrew Stanton will have the radio call again. 4 o'clock is the kickoff on Saturday, 12.30. Pre-game coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Before we get our thoughts, how about we get the thoughts of the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, when asked how many roster spots are still up for grabs? There's quite a few. There's some good position battles. I know corner, um, like we've talked about all along, we're going to see how that shakes out. And, you know, running back is a deep room. You can see all those guys are making plays. So it's, there's, there's some good battles going on. We will not see Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy. In fact, this preseason game is going to be treated like the first two preseason games. Your starters, your regulars aren't going to see any time outside of maybe a handful. And if they are on the field, it's only for maybe a drive or two. So another opportunity for those young players. And you hear the head coach bring up the running back room, cornerback, 
How many edge rushers does this team keep right now? You've got seven on the roster, including your three draft picks. Can you keep all seven? Is there a surprise release? Is there a veteran? Seems like there's always a veteran in the National Football League that is a surprise to somebody, but it's because you found someone that is either A, better, or B, is just as good, but cheaper. And that's all something that... You bring in the coaching staff and the front office to try to figure out, all right, how do we get these 53 players? And if there's someone you like, can you keep your fingers crossed and get them back on the practice squad? Yeah, I'd hate to be in Steve Kimes' shoes right now. Um, you know, there's there's typically two situations going into your last preseason game. One, um, you're looking at other people's rosters to see how you can upgrade the bottom of your roster. Um, I see the Cardinals in a different situation. Um, I think that Steve Kime has done a good job of bringing in talent. I think that the coaches have done a good job of developing talent. So I think the more difficult problem for the Cardinals will be they're going to be releasing some good players from this football team. Um, there is, and you know, he talked about the position battles, like in the running back room, at the back end of the receiver room. There's going to be there's a lot of talent in the tight ends room. Um, there's talented outside linebacker, young talented outside linebacker. Um, there's some defensive tackles that we don't talk a lot about uh, or inside defensive linemen that played really well against Cincinnati that showed explosion, showed power, showed um, effort down the field. So there will be some, uh, you know, it, it is frustrating. It's not frustrating. It's surprising. Some teams will make cuts and not a single player will get picked up by another team. I think several players from the Cardinals um, are going to, after those cuts, are going to be getting some phone calls very quickly and have opportunities at other places. There was a reason why at one point these 90 players were brought in to be Arizona Cardinals players. You liked one thing or another or maybe several things, and you always look for those young players to develop, yet at the same time, you have to win games on Sunday. And maybe it's a young player that you really like, you don't want to lose, but at the same time, maybe they're not quite ready for week one. And you look at some of those draft picks, and I do think that the majority of those draft picks will make the team. But have we seen over the course of training camp and a couple of preseason games, are they ready to make an impact week one? Or is it more like week eight, week nine, till you say, all right, maybe a Christian Matthew who you really like – but could be someone that needs a little bit more development. Uh, uh, Lucita Smith, as far as your backup or your third-string center, you really like him, but is there a spot on the 53 for someone that you still think needs some more development? I mean, it's tough. 53 is not a big number. Um, it's, It's really hard for teams to justify stashing talent on the active roster, and so... Um, you know, there's the Cardinals will do it. Every team across the league are going to cut a couple of players and cross their fingers that um, they're going to clear waivers and they're able to bring them back uh, to the practice squad. And um, you know, and I could think it, I, again with the talent at at the on this roster all the way through. Um, you know, I think that there's probably several players that the Cardinals don't want to cut. They're going to be forced to release them, um, but they are going to hope that they do clear waivers and that they will remain Cardinals. And remember, it's really, we talk about 
53, but it's more 50 because you count your kicker, your punter, your long snapper. That gets you to 53. So if you've got 50 and typically teams like 25 on offense, 25 on defense, this coaching staff, the head coach, predominantly offensive-minded, do you go more offensive players, an extra wide receiver, an extra offensive lineman? Right now I can see four tight ends on this roster, but Cliff typically doesn't utilize the tight end that much. But you like what you've got in Zach Ertz. You brought in Steven Anderson, Max Williams. Is he healthy? You drafted Trey McBride. Four tight ends sounds like a lot, but there's a reason why you like all of those four. Yeah, these are these are tough decisions. And uh, you talk about young players that are talented that need time to develop. Um, you know, I'm looking at that outside linebacker position. And, uh, I've been watching it pretty uh, intently throughout the preseason, and you know, you can see talent and you can see ability in all three of the the players that were drafted. But it doesn't look like any of them are quite ready to be that guy. I mean, they can contribute in spots, um, but you know, I think we all anticipated it was an open competition with the rookies for the outside linebacker spot outside uh, opposite of Marcus Golden. Um, but Devon Kennard looked fantastic in the game this week. His production and his limited reps was great. Um, and Dennis Gardeck looks like he's going to be really good this year. So uh, we may have time to let them sit and develop, but they're going to have to find a role in special teams. And I'll add Victor DiMukeji yeah. as well, Sorry. who's kind yes. of surprised people and come out the forgotten outside linebacker, but he's maybe been the one that's flashed the most yeah, you're right. through these two preseason games. Can he do it for a third preseason game? Again, kickoff, Cardinals at the Titans, 4 o'clock on Saturday. We'll get you started with the pregame coverage beginning at 12.30. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Omohundro, technical director, Zach Larson. For Kyle Vandenbosch, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time when there are no more preseason games left on the schedule. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.